Shay, can you state your full name for the record, spelling your first and last name? Yes, Shay Ritchie, S-H-E-A-R-I-T-C-H-I-E. And Shay, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth today, so help you God? I do. Now, my understanding is, is that you are in the restaurant business. Yes, that's correct. Um, and you currently have a restaurant that uh, has been running for 10 years. Yeah, this month is the 10th uh, uh, anniversary. And <clears throat> before COVID, you had another restaurant that you had been operating for roughly four years. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, it was called Chase Cordon. And what, what was the restaurant, like, restaurant business like for you before the pandemic policies? To be honest, we had uh, just opened, well, a relatively new uh, location there, but uh, we had gone through, uh, you know, a, a several months. We had figured kind of things out. We were well into our, you know, uh, I guess prime. We were, we were fully operational, very busy. It was a great location. Right, so things are looking positive. And then what happened? Well, there was the introduction of the uh, original mandates. I'm sure everyone can remember the, the two weeks to slow the curve. So, and, and I'll just interrupt, but they didn't specify that was a biblical two weeks, did they? Well, we still are uh, in the dark. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, we, so the original mandates came out. They were, you know, telling us to open and close, open and close, and uh, we were fully compliant. Uh, to be honest, there really was no incentive not to. There was no one who was going out at that time anyways. So we had been, you know, doing our best to follow whatever the rules and, and you know, give the leadership and the government the benefit of the doubt. And, yeah, things just kind of spiraled off from there because uh, the government you know, couldn't even keep track of all the rules that they were making up. And the enforcement just became like a nightmare. Now, can you, um, can you give us some details about when you say nightmare? Because you have some specific examples to share with us of the type of, of thing that you experienced. For sure. So the, the COVID rules and regulations fell under the you know, uh, authority of Manitoba Health. They were the, the be-all, end-all. But I, I guess that be, they were overwhelmed and, and understaffed at the time that they were supposed to go out and, you know, add all the extra COVID enforcement to their, their plate. So they had recruited, uh, you know, liquor inspectors and other agencies to kind of help out. Uh, so we would have police, we would have liquor inspectors, we would have health inspectors showing up all the time, you know, maybe 20 different people. And they would have different rules. They were contradictory. They were nonsensical. Um, yeah, I, I, I was even told at one point in time by a health inspector, so this is one of the, the people who was, like, trained specifically in these types of uh, fields, by a health inspector told me that we weren't allowed to use plates and cutlery because there was no possible way to sanitize them. So going through a dishwasher with chemical and heat was not enough to sanitize them for COVID, according to her. And so I would have to get these, you know, rules and, and you know, updates all the time. And they, the inspectors would quote rules that didn't exist. And they would, you know, I'd have to go and challenge it and go and say, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Like, how come we're not allowed to use plates and cutlery? 
right? And then they would, you know, Manitoba Health would respond and, and send out the retraction. Okay, disregard what she said. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So we were, you know, going along fine uh, as far as every other business, you know, in that, in that uh, regard until we got our first fine in uh, the summer of 2020. And we were given a fine for uh, people sitting too close together. So the, the specific rule that was given in the health order said that people who were at different, sorry, tables had to be six feet apart or two meters from other or from different tables. And it's a really, really vaguely worded rule. And what uh, I was told it meant, and which made the most sense, is that if there was a group of people, they had to be separated from a different group of people. So I got a fine because they found two people sitting close together. Uh, sorry, there was two instances in, in a 250 capacity or 250 seat restaurant where they found two people sitting too close together. They indicated that we were following the 50% capacity rule. So that if you think about it now, we have a, 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 a patio space that's half empty and they saw people sitting uh, 60 centimeters apart, which was the actual number. And if you can imagine what 60 centimeters is, is it's pretty much enough to put your arm around a person. So the area is half empty and people are sitting close enough that they can be touching. And I asked the inspector, I said, well, were those people from the same group? Well, I didn't ask. So then <laughs> I, I, I thought, well, this is ridiculous. No, no, at the time, how many people could be in a group? Oh man, it changed all the time. I don't know if there was an actual group size. There, no, there was no actual limitation on the group at that point. It, in the health orders, actually I do know because I, I went over this uh, in court. Uh, in, as far as I know, at the current time, there was a capacity limit of 50 people in a different section of the orders. So if you were to have a wedding or other groups, but in our section, restaurants and licensed facilities, there was no uh, specific limitation. Right, but I meant in a group, like let's say at a table, how many, there, there was no, no limit. There was no limit. So the health inspector tickets you for some people being within arm's length, but never asked if they were part of the same group. No. And my understanding is, is that ticket didn't go well for you. Well, so actually the, the news is pretty favorable towards us at the time. So we had, you know, uh, complained about the situation, said, hey, this is ridiculous. Like, we're, we're, we're actually trying to do our best here and follow whatever, like, the, the, the rules didn't make sense, but we were trying to do our best. And, you know, I just said respectfully, like, we're being told different things all the time. The health inspector who issued the ticket to me had previously come to the location and measured out all of the tables and said, yeah, 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 everything is perfect. All your tables are, are separated. And our, ta our, our, our restaurant tables are smaller and we combine them. So for instance, like we have tables of two and if it's a group of 10, we'll have five tables that we combine. It's more efficient because you can always break the tables apart. So a group of four is at a table of four, but a table of two isn't at the same group of four. So the rule said different tables had to be separated, but the inspector told us that that meant different groups of people, not tables, pieces of furniture didn't have to social distance. So what happened then is uh, they approved me to reopen and now when they came they said, oh, we saw some chairs that were too close. And I said, well, in the rule it says tables, it doesn't mention chairs. And you told me it was tables and he admitted that in court. He had acknowledged that he had told me those things. But it didn't matter at that point. 
and he acknowledged also that they didn't ask if they were from the same group or not, and they just didn't think it mattered. And uh, out of all of the, I, I have almost $60,000 in fines uh, from COVID. We were only given two court dates for all of our tickets. This one did go to court, and the judge said that we were guilty, um, and she specifically said, it doesn't matter if they're from the same household or not, they weren't allowed to sit within six feet of each other. So a husband and wife weren't allowed to sit at the same table. Even if they're living together, they drive together, and she, like, so yeah. So you think it makes sense, but she adamantly said the only common sense way to interpret this rule, because I actually quoted case law and said, look, if there's a rule here that's ambiguous, and it's clearly ambiguous because the health inspectors are, are agreeing with me, and the prosecution is saying that we have to separate the furniture and then the judge said, well, it doesn't matter if there's different interpretations because there's only one that makes sense here and you should never have come to any other conclusion. And she ignored the fact that the health inspectors had actually agreed with my interpretation. Right. So, so following that judge's logic, if a breastfeeding mother came in to eat at your restaurant, they, she would have to be separated by her infant by six feet. Yeah, a very long straw, I guess. <coughs> So, okay, so you were found guilty of that one. What was the fine? Uh, $2,542. $2,000, I'm sorry? $2,542. This wow. was when the, the rules first came out, and then they, they eventually changed the fines to 5000 And how many tickets in total did you receive? Uh, I think it was 10. So I had uh, two on the lower scale and then uh, eight on the higher scale. Okay, and my, my understanding is, is that for eight of them, they haven't even given you a trial date yet. No, I disputed all of them and they never... In fact, I thought they were just wasting my time. And uh, in January, I got a, a, a memo from the government saying that one of the tickets, the second ticket I, I had been uh, issued, which was about two or three weeks after the original ticket, they were giving me a court date. And so they gave me a court date for February uh, 15th nearly three years after the, the violation. Now, as I understand it, that one was a bit of a, an interesting ticket because it kept getting changed. Can you tell us about that? Yes. The liquor inspector who issued the ticket, so keep in mind, not a health inspector, so someone totally different, who admittedly in documented communication said he didn't even, didn't even know what the rules were. So he gave me a ticket because he said people weren't socially distanced, and because he saw people dancing. Now, at the time, there was no rule about social distancing, and there was a rule that mentioned dancing only to the extent that it said if you have a dance floor, you're no long, you, you cannot use your dance floor, right? So the judge said that that's pretty ambiguous, but he agreed that, yes, a dance floor is a specific type of thing, and it's kind of like a, an area where you're kind of inviting strangers to all mix and mingle. So... The inspector who wrote the ticket acknowledged that we did not have a dance floor, but he said that there was four people out of approximately 200 that were dancing amongst themselves. And he said that nobody told them to sit down, and he saw them about 10 minutes later and they were still dancing, so that was a clear violation. And in court, he said that we had created an impromptu dance floor. So he said, you're allowed to have a DJ, you're allowed to have people in groups and people standing up and sitting, but if they are moving to the music, 
then you've created a violation. And in the, the cross-examination, I actually had the inspectors, uh, the, the, the second one, admit that uh, technically the entire the restaurant you know, and kitchen area could be a dance floor if people were dancing on it, according to this interpretation that they were applying. And keep in mind, that wasn't even my first fine. That, that's, my, that's not my only fine for dancing. I had a police officer issue us a, a fine for dancing. And I have asked Manitoba Health, I've asked uh, the Liquor Commission, what's the legal definition of dancing after our first ticket so that we could have some clarification on what the hell it meant. And uh, uh, that, amongst other emails, were completely ignored. They were not interested in education. They were not interested in, in you know, transparency. They would make up their rules. They would enforce them. And they didn't care if it made sense or not. They would just do whatever they wanted. Now, were there any changes to that ticket that the liquor license people had I apologize for not getting back to that. So the, um, the ticket didn't make sense. I looked at the rules. I went over them with the inspector who wrote them. He originally in the phone call said, I, I can't find the, the rule that you broke because he said that I broke the P210 Health Act. I said, well, where in the act does it say anything about this? So he, he went over it, you know, he, he couldn't find anything, so he said he would get back to me. And uh, he did get back to me uh, later, saying that he talked to somebody at Manitoba Health who helped him understand the rules better, and on an unrelated website, there was a set of rules, and I broke those rules. So giving him the benefit of the doubt, I said, okay, well, did you know that these rules or this website existed prior to this ticket being issued? And he said, no, I did not. He said, if you didn't know about this website, how come you're expecting that I would have known about this website, right? Assuming that this website, it was even legitimate. I said, don't you think it would be more appropriate to issue a warning in such a situation? And he said, no, 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 you clearly deserve a fine. I said, okay. So he put it down in writing. The reason for the ticket, not the original reason, is a new reason now. Because on this website, it says that people have to be seated. They're not allowed to be served while they're standing. And it says that uh, people can't be dancing. So I said, OK. I took that email from him. I sent it to Manitoba Health, the authority on the, the topic. And I asked them to clarify whether or not those were a part of the official rules. Because it, it wasn't listed in the Public Health Act. And the Public Health Act did not refer to any other websites or other documents. So Manitoba Health wrote back clearly in writing, those are not the official rules. So I, you know, I again was in the media, people were wanting to know why we were getting all these fines and everything. And I said, well, clearly the, we did not break any of the rules. I, I sent that email to the liquor inspector. I said, look, great news now. We've caught Manitoba Health officially declaring that those are not the rules and we didn't break anything in, in you know, needing a fine. And uh, that is when the uh, liquor inspector decided to change the ticket because it doesn't make sense to give me a ticket for rules that don't exist. So then he went back to the original rules and they picked uh, a rule in the official rules and then that rule that we were now declared to be in violation of was serving people in an area not open to the public. And when I asked them where this took place, because all of the notes said that they saw people in this area, they saw people in that area, all of those areas that were listed were a part of our, our licensed premises, our official you know, service area. So I asked, wait, was it in the basement? Was it outside on the roof? Like, where did you see people being served? And uh, again, in court, they testified that uh, we did not break that rule. But because they used that rule, they said that that rule meant that people had to be six feet apart 
and they they had to be socially distancing. So they, they still tried to say that the original reason for the ticket applied to the rules that didn't talk about it. And the judge was just as dumbfounded as I was. Right, so you were found not guilty on that one. Yeah, that judge actually uh, took a very common sense approach and uh, uh, declared us not guilty. I would like to also point out though, the media had been favorable towards us in the first situation. And in this situation, I expected the same because I said, look, we've been given a fine for this violation. Manitoba Health has declared that we didn't break the rules. And I said, look, in the rules, there's nothing about this, socially distancing and dancing. So the media somehow at this point all changed their narrative on what was happening. And we became the, the, the demonized restaurant where we were, you know, viciously putting people's safety at risk because we were letting four people dance, you know, uh, uninterrupted. And the media left out the important parts that we were not breaking any rules. So in the actual, like, I think it was CTV did a report. They, they interviewed one of my neighbors and the neighbor goes, yeah, it's, it's obvious that people have to be seated. You can't have people standing up. But they didn't even go and look at the rules. So they had another person who's not an authority say that we were breaking the rules and that was their story about what had happened. Instead of saying, Shea says this and here's the rules and there's nothing that we could find. And look, Manitoba Health agrees with Shea. Like you'd think that a more balanced form of journalism would be something like that. It's like getting a speeding ticket. Instead of talking to a cop, they like talk to a guy in the street and they're like, yeah, he looked like he was going fast. Like, <laughs> Right? right? No training, no background, it's just some hearsay of some random person. So it was a very frustrating situation. So we were completely demonized and, you know, people were, were boycotting us and there was like, oh my God, just go, go online, look up Chase Gordon. Now, um, my understanding is, is that it's not wise to tick off a bureaucrat. Can you tell me or tell us what the liquor license people eventually did to you? Well, I was sure that something was coming down the pipeline because the, the police officer who gave us a dancing fine for $5,000 at a later date said that he was planning on taking our liquor license. And I asked him, I said, okay, well, the rules don't mention anything about dancing, so I don't, I'm not sure why you think that we're breaking this rule. Uh, there was no rule at that time about dancing. But then the idea that we were going to get our liquor license pulled was completely uh, new to me because we'd never had a liquor violation. These were public health order violations and these are being enforced by non-experts. They're not even trained at all in, in the public health field. So I, I had an impression that this might happen and, and in 2022 the LGCA uh, basically made a, an application to their board to, to have my liquor license pulled and have my restaurant basically you know, in all intents and purposes, shut down. And uh, one of the reasons they cited for this reason to pull my, my, my license was because I was a uh, repeat offender and I'd never had a conviction with a COVID fine or, or these issues at all. In fact, they were aware that their agents had been changing this ticket and had committed fraud basically by, by multiplying, you know, changing this ticket retroactively, you know, and knowing that we weren't guilty because Manitoba Health exonerated us, uh, I, I actually took that issue all the way to the CEO, Ms. Christiane Deschamps of the LGCA, and she said she looked at the documents and she saw no problem. And she, she didn't think her staff did anything uh, unprofessional or, or uh, you know, criminal. 
So uh, later, yeah, they, they pulled my liquor license. And uh, now it's funny that that ticket has been, you know, officially dropped in court. And they, they haven't given my liquor license back. They haven't apologized. And they basically destroyed my livelihood at uh, that entire location that, that since it's closed. Right, because my understanding is you, you just in that location, it wasn't feasible to continue operating the restaurant without a liquor license. No, so and, and, and it was in severe decline after all the, the, the negative media attention of us, you know, being falsely labeled as, uh, you know, degenerates or, or, or intentional rule breakers. Yeah, right. for the record, we were actually not breaking the rules. We were following the, the, the rules even if they didn't make sense. And the thing is that I was a very uh, outspoken person. And I expressed my, you know, my, my, I, I used my freedom of speech right to just say, look, some of these rules don't make sense. I actually wrote an article about uh, what the Great De uh, Barrington Declaration was about saying, wouldn't it make more sense to have a focused approach instead of just making healthy people locked down? Like, why don't we take our limited resources and protect the most vulnerable? So I had, I had been, you know, an outspoken person in that regard. I had sent several letters and emails to the enforcement people at LGCA and the Manitoba Health asking them for, you know, uh, better clarity. And I had two, two people. I had a, a scientist from Manitoba Health and I had an inspector from the LGCA. Both in recorded conversations tell me that they agreed with me, but they weren't allowed to officially uh, say anything because they would lose their job. Thank you, and I have no further questions. I'll ask the commissioners if they have a question. No. So, um, I think.